Why did the chicken cross the road? Why? To get to your house. No? Okay, all right, check it out. I got another one. Knock, knock. Who's there? The chicken! <laughs> oh. Get it? Because he's at your house. Yeah, I get it. It was so good. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> all <right. laughs> uh, okay, all right, you go. Uh, all right. Um, oh, this one's going to age me. How do you follow Will Smith in the snow? Uh, I don't know. Is this a wild, wild west joke? I, I don't know. You, you follow the fresh prince. <laughs> That's a good. I should have thought that one ages us pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about taking breaks and I think for starters, like why, why take breaks? Um, What, what makes us want to take a break and what is the risk of not stopping every now and then instead of just grinding for eight hours a day or worse, 10 hours, 12 hours a day? Why, why stop? Why not just get more work done or get ahead or make more money? Like, what's the point? Why, why do we take breaks? Okay. My opinion on this is a little weird. I do believe everyone needs to take a break every once in a while, but I also believe that folks usually know their own limits. Okay. And this is a lot about like, my belief about this is like trusting people to know when they know their limits Mm -hmm. but i guess there's also like i don't know keeping each other in check is also a good idea like telling people hey like maybe all right let me start that over (laughs) (laughs) kind of rambling thoughts because i'm coming back from a break (laughs) (laughs) and i'm i got i was seriously productive today probably because I took a nice long break. Um, Breaks are excellent for the brain. (laughs) Um, That is, I'm not a psychologist or a neurosurgeon or whatever, uh, or a psychiatrist. However, (laughs) (laughs) however, I do know that breaks are really, really good for your brain Um, in the same way that sleep is really, really good for our brains. Um, like I know for myself as a developer, I can imagine it might even be applicable to a bunch of other folks too, is that if your brain is getting so tired and your eyes are getting so tired trying to continue to work because we all work, we work desk jobs. We're talking about people who work desk jobs, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and most of us sit at computers every day where watching the computer screen all day is going to make your eyes exhausted um and even um shit hold on (laughs) it's gonna make your eyes exhausted and your brain exhausted um and honestly that leads to a lot more mistakes um a lot more mistakes a lot more 
getting frustrated because I know that I've seen it a lot personally where I refused to give up on finding out an issue, like what was causing an issue. Mm-hmm. Like if I was tracking down a bug and I was like, no, I have to figure this out before I go to sleep because I'm not going to be able to sleep, which is also true. Yeah, I've, I've had situations where I was like, if I don't stop thinking about this, I'm going to forget about it and it's going to bother me. Or like, if I don't figure this out, it's going to bother me until I figure it like it's not going to I'm not going to be able to sleep. Yeah, like you can't take a break in some cases until you've found like, I guess you could just call it like a stop, a a logical stopping point. Like you've Mm -hmm. you've solved or you've finished like that thread in your head, you know? Yeah, but sometimes if you're really, really stuck on something, you really should walk away. Um, Because sometimes your brain just needs a reset and then you come back and you can figure it out within like five, ten minutes. I think there's, there's even more to it than that as well. Um, Mm -hmm. Like going outside, for example, and and going for a walk and looking around you. And this might be a combination of things like mindfulness and exercise. But if you step away from grinding on the problem, and, and I think that's because you get in like loops, right? Like you get stuck in a loop and you're like, you keep rethinking through the same problem and coming to the same lack of solution. And when you step away and you get this sort of like external stimulation, um, and again, not, not a neuroscientist, but I've read some things here and there that suggest that like our brains are more complicated than we think they are. And that you can't, a lot of ideas that you have aren't just ideas that you actively think your way into. Like a lot of things come to you or they're spontaneous or you have like eureka moments and things like that. A lot of time, I guess like a good cliche example would be like Isaac Newton sitting under the tree and the apple <laughs> falls on his head, right? Like that's, that's a good cliche example of like, you don't have to be sitting there noodling on the exact problem, like going outside or doing anything different, like maybe um, like chores. And I'll, kind of Mm -hmm. mention that later again too, I think just for strategies, but like doing something different than just actively thinking about the problem can introduce like external stimuli into your brain and you can find new solutions in ways that you didn't even think were possible. You know, it can make you think of something that maybe was sitting there subconsciously and you weren't able to like uncover it or open that door. And so sometimes just going out and like observing the dang leaves on the trees and the wind and the birds tweeting and stuff. And sometimes like you'll have something click just by exposing yourself to something that isn't just the problem. Yeah. I have to agree that sometimes it's just a change of scenery where you're just not looking at the problem. Like Mm -hmm. I, I know I can speak for a lot of people when I say that a lot of sometimes taking a shower is where we come up with our best ideas. There's a for, reason they call them shower thoughts. Yeah, shower thoughts where I've I have come up with solutions to so many of my problems by taking a midday break and going to take a shower. Because I'm like I feel like I don't know about anybody else but uh I like a relaxing shower because that's also like same. I don't know. I'm not a bath taker. I'm a shower taker. 
Mm -hmm. Um, and like having a hot shower or in the summertime, a cold shower, um, it's like rejuvenating. It helps rest your eyes, your brain, Mm -hmm. and it helps. I mean, you're also cleaning yourself in the shower. Hopefully we all use soap. It is nice to feel clean like that. Yeah. It genuinely makes a difference. And I, there's a lot of elements, I think, to just a shower, right? Like it's it's comforting. Like you said, if it's hot out, you can cool down. If it's, mm-hmm. if it's like cold, you can warm up and be cozy and comfortable. So it's like a comfortable space. And then there's white noise from the water mm-hmm. running. So that helps to kind of like cleanse your brain a little bit of the circular thoughts that you're going through. And then like you also mentioned, there's not, you can't like bring your phone in there. I mean, you could, if you like intentionally get a case or something, but like you'd have to be trying. I mean, normally I'd say you're probably not bringing your phone with you into the shower. And so you're kind of like unplugged for just a moment. You're away from your electronics. You're in there. You've got this kind of like white noise. It's comfortable. And it's sort of like, releases your brain to think kind of freely and not be bogged Mm -hmm. down by all of this like external stimuli around you. Yeah. I would have to say that even like my phone is waterproof, but I don't bring it in the shower. Like, Oh yeah. I like, I would have to recommend that everybody don't bring your phone in the shower. It's a place for you to unplug. Don't do it. Um, but there's also, that also brings me to the thought of like, I've never tried it, but do we think that also meditation might be a good break, even just to unwind for like back on the idea of like leaving your house and walking around in nature, like would, would meditation or like simulated nature walking help? I, I think so. Like pretty uh, passionately and not just from doing it myself, which I'm not a super well-practiced, like mindfulness exercise-y. Um, there, there is something that I learned a few years ago. I was at a, I, I guess a, a meetup, it, we'll call it a meetup, um, for a specific kind of product, a tech product, it was community. And I talked to somebody who's a product manager at what is a very large company, um, very large tech company. And I was at the time aspiring to be a product manager. I now am a product manager. Um, So this advice should definitely be more useful now. And I asked her um, if she had any tips. I was like, as an aspiring product manager, like, do you have any tips for me to kind of grow my career in that direction? And what she told me was something I completely did not expect at all. Like, I thought she'd tell me some kind of networking tip or thinking tip or something. And it was like, she said that, the one thing that she's most grateful for is her time to meditate during the day. And she said, without that, she doesn't think she'd be nearly as successful as she's been. And so that's always stuck with me. And I'm not, like I said, a a very devout exerciser, Um, but I have found it extremely helpful, especially when I'm feeling stressed, like, um, and and I mean, like physically feeling it, like if I'm feeling kind of worked up, sweaty, that kind of like physical manifestation of anxiety, if I start feeling that, that's when I really feel triggered to go and attempt like a mindfulness or a meditation exercise. And I'll just say like simply breathing exercises in general, I'd say that's probably like the the 101 entry level mindfulness technique is like, kind of 
you can, and you can lay down. I like to lay down. I don't sit in like what you'd think of as like a traditional oh, no. meditation. I find that <laughs> devastatingly uncomfortable. Um, I don't sit very comfortably in the Yeah, you style. can't relax sitting like that. Yeah, I don't feel I don't feel at ease. I feel like I'm trying to maintain yeah. my posture. I don't know if it's because I'm out of shape and I'd get used to it or something. But to me, that's no. not like feeling at one with things around me. So I like to lay down somewhere comfortable, but like flat, you know, not have a lot of stuff around me, like one pillow, me laying down and just like close my eyes and breathe deeply, slowly, and either like incorporate some kind of counting with breath or just like being aware of the breathing, like an in out kind of thought going through your head. And it's like, you're hyper simplifying your thoughts And the idea, something I like that I learned recently is that like the idea of meditation isn't to cease thinking because that's, that's impossible and silly. You can't stop thinking it's detachment from your thoughts. So it's like allowing thoughts to happen, but not being like attached to them and thinking that you need to pursue them. And I think Mm -hmm. that was really impactful for me. Like you can let a thought pop up, like, Oh, I should really do that thing later, but you don't like start thinking through what you're going to need to do to make that happen. You, you allow it to pass and you continue kind of like breathing. Okay. Back to the breath kind of thing is, is I guess a way that I've heard it phrased and that in a moment, at least like, has really helped me calm down and kind of get back to a sort of center where I can then go back and re-engage with whatever it was I'm doing for the day. But I'm I'm able to sort of like get past that anxious moment with those kind of exercises. See, I have to mention that that is actually pretty helpful uh, to me because I honestly, I had the weirdest thing happen when I was in high school. Um, my one of my teachers was out uh and the substitute was a yoga teacher and it was very (laughs) strange but she had us do meditation and honestly learning meditation in high school i had no idea i would need um uh she was a little strange at the time but she taught us a very valuable life skill. And honestly, the the part that stuck with me was that she was trying to get us to clear our thoughts. Um, but I think that the part that you mentioned about not having to quote unquote, clear your thoughts, mm-hmm. like just let them go without like planning them because I am that anxious person. I'm anxious. Yeah. Like, like you mentioned just now you are where you think of like, Oh, my son's birthday party is this weekend. I really got to go out and do this, this, and this, and that. I can just have the thought, son's birthday party this weekend. I'll take care of it later. And mm-hmm. um, like anything else that I need to do, just let it whoosh, let it yeah. just go. And I'll think about it later. Like, um, And that does conflict with my idea of like, whenever I have an idea of about something I have to write it down but it's like if it's truly that important it can wait until after the meditation and I also have to concur concur with you about not finding a weird ass pose to sit in like the (laughs) the om pose like they talk about everyone knows it if you say it yeah yeah and um like cross-legged finger like hands up fingers tailbone on the hard floor yeah uh yeah and it's like, that's really uncomfortable. And that was another thing that the meditation teacher, the yoga teacher taught us. 
um, was that you don't need to sit in a weird way like that. Just find somewhere comfortable, Mm -hmm. somewhere where you can actually get some rest for a few minutes. Yeah. Um, And somewhere where you don't have to think about moving your, like pick a position where you don't have to think about moving yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, And honestly, that's that's, the key is to like be able to maintain stillness in a comfortable position. Yeah. And honestly, that's one of the quickest ways I've fallen asleep at night. It's like, find a comfortable spot and don't move. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, since we're chatting meditation for a sec, I have to share the one thing that I, I think has just been so helpful to me and motivated me to go back and try again and again, is that I realized this was something that happened to me a lot. And I realized it's actually hyper common. Like it's probably happened to everybody that's tried it the first time or many more times. It's like beating yourself up while you're doing it. Like I'm medit I'm meditating right now. Am I getting there? Am I doing it right? Stop thinking. Oh no. Oh, you're still thinking. Stop it. And it's like this sort of like you're I'm doing it wrong. I'm not, I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not working. And you you're sort of like continuously beating yourself up. And I think this might have come from um Headspace. I'm not sure. Great, great app, um, especially like early on, even if you just do the free stuff, like just to give you an intro to like what sort of what sort of head, what sort of headspace to be in uh, when you're going into a meditation exercise is like you don't want to be beating yourself up. And this exercise was like it was like a breathing exercise and you're supposed to count, you know, like one breath, two breath, three breath. And I think you like count up to five and then you restart back at one, like one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five. And it, and if your mind will die, uh, like, like if your mind gets distracted by a thought and you, you catch yourself after a moment of like chasing it, what I used to do is be like, dang it, Michael, why did you do that? Stop it. You know, ah, ah, God, back to it. But like this exercise, as it's walking you through it, it tells you like, And if your mind is wandering, which it probably has already, like, that's okay. Just take your next breath and restart from one. Like, don't think like, oh, God, what number was I on? Was it three, uh, uh, three, four? Like, don't beat yourself up or allow yourself to be frustrated that you were distracted because that's natural and that's going to happen. Just restart your count and find your way back to the breath, you know, like back to where you were and, and calm yourself back down. So that's been really helpful for me and I still do it again. Like I said, if I get, especially if I get stressed, but I'd probably be, it'd probably be beneficial for me to do it before I get stressed too. So that's a mental note I'll have to take out of this call. And honestly, that reminds me of like how folks beat themselves up on like their day off. They're like, oh, I'm not being productive on my day Mm -hmm. off. And like, I should have been cleaning my house on my day off or something like that, where they're beating themselves up. They're pressuring themselves to do more instead of just, you know, sit down and read a book, sit down, watch a movie. Um, And you know what I found out recently is like people with anxiety find the most comfort in watching films they've already watched before, Yeah, which is really cool to know because I love watching movies I've already seen a (laughs) hundred times. Um, because yeah, it takes a lot of the suspense out of what comes next in the movie. And it, 
I think watching new movies sometimes causes extra stress because you're like, you don't know what's coming next. Yeah. Um, like there's anticipation. Yeah. Versus when you've already seen the story, you're not worried about anticipating it. It, it almost in itself is like a, a meditative activity, which I think is another example. Um, something I was going to bring up earlier was like, uh, if, if I'm taking a break, that doesn't necessarily mean that I don't do anything. And you can laugh all you want. I'm keeping my cat in my lap because I can't, I can't, he keeps running all over the desk. I'm not laughing. I'm I'm smiling because I see a cute cat. (laughs) The one place that he won't make noise is if I just hold him here in my lap. Um, So, so if you take a break, you don't have to be doing nothing. Like for, for me, a, a mental break is different than a physical break. And sometimes doing something physical can still be a mental break. Like Mm -hmm. if um, I like, I have a little garden in front of my house and I like to check it at least once a day. And so going outside for a sec, like kneeling down, pulling a weed or two, this little worm on my lap, um, uh, pulling like a weed or two and just kind of like observing the plants and stuff and like getting my mind off of technical problems for a minute is super helpful. Um, Doing the dishes is something that I find Oddly, oh, yeah. like if it's if it's nighttime and I'd rather be doing something else, it's not as cathartic. But if I'm like stressed about a tech problem in the middle of the day, walking away from my computer and just doing the dishes, which is mm-hmm. frankly a mindless activity. Like, you know, you don't really have to think a lot about how to wash yeah. a dish or stick it in the dishwasher and like put dishes away. And like that actually is like a, it's like a win win, right? Because you're knocking out a chore or like dusting would be another example. Like you're knocking out something, you know, you have to do anyway, that might cause you some other kind of stress if it's not done, or you're thinking about how you're going to have to do it after work or whatever. Take a break, step away, knock out a chore and let your mind relax for a second. Yeah. I have different things I like to listen to in different kind of breaks, but I really like listening to things like I have Bluetooth headphones and I use the heck out of them. Like if I'm going on a walk, I like to listen to a podcast. It's a great, like if I'm sitting in my office and I try to listen to a podcast or something, I end up having to like go, I end up finding myself like just smashing that 30 seconds rewind button because I'm like, Oh, I missed that. Oh, I got distracted. So I like to do like a mindless activity, listen to something and kind of unplug from my active thoughts and go into sort of like a passive listening mode for a little bit. And then if I'm doing some kind of chores or something, I like to listen to music and just kind of like jam and vibe a little bit. Um, So yeah, that's to me like active breaks, you know, I feel like is something useful. See, I think I'm the opposite. I think I really like to listen to podcasts while I'm doing chores. Um, Like if I'm doing the dishes, I listen to podcasts Um, that's like my break from, I mean, so I have a kid and Mm -hmm. that's like my hour to be like, I pick an hour long podcast, I unload and then reload the dishwasher. And that's my break from watching the kid, um, having to clean up after him, whatever, get snacks for him. Um, and that's like time for my husband to spend time with the kiddo although husband is now home full-time uh full-time dad um but it used to be my break from the kid um 
but like when I'm exercising, I don't exercise that much. <laughs> I am a couch potato, but um, when I do exercise, I actually prefer music um, yeah. because I either walk to the music or I, I can't run because asthma. Um, but when I'm, when I'm exercising, like doing the, I actually really like the elliptical. Um, mm -hmm. and I typically pick something fast paced to work on the elliptical or the bicycle. Um, it's so funny. We're like literally the opposite in that sense. Cause I, I too, when I go to the gym, I like to listen to a podcast and because for me, and the reason I do that, um, I think it's got like a psychological element of like, I always, okay. So there's backstory to this. I usually go with my wife. Right. And she has like a lot more gym stamina than me. She's like more gym ratty than I am. And so when I, if I go alone, I could spend like 20, 30 minutes and then be like, all right, I'm done with this place and I'm out. But she's like a 45 minutes to an hour kind of gym person. Oh, yeah. and, I, and so when she's like, Hey, do you want to go to the gym with me tonight? I'm always like, Oh, okay. Like going to be a long haul. You know, I, I have to, I can't just, you know, tap out early because she, she's still going to want to keep going. So I'll, I'll like queue up like a 45 minute to an hour podcast episode and I'll listen to it. And to me, it like makes the time fly by faster. And like, you know, she'll come around and find me at the gym and be like, Hey, you ready to go? And I'm like, give me a sec. I'm just wrapping up the episode. You know, like it's <laughs> entirely different mindset. See, um, I don't know. Well, I mean, if I'm going for a walk outside, I prefer to actually not listen to anything. Um, because I'd rather actually like hear what's going on what's in my neighborhood. You. Yeah. And like, it's actually pretty, I live in the New York city metropolitan area, but I'm like just outside of the, I'm outside. I'm a little bit outside of New York city, but I'm still in like the Metro area. So it's, it's actually a little bit quiet. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could still hear sirens in the distance. Yeah. No, I've been in your you neighborhood. Hear, it sounds yeah. like a, like a neighborhood. Yeah. You, you know? can hear the train coming at certain times like in the dead of night you can hear the train um but like it's it's nice to just go outside and hear the birds or the crickets or like cars cars make pretty good white noise um mm -hmm. and to be honest my neighborhood is not super walkable um <laughs> but yeah that's i mean that's my yeah, if I'm at the gym, I definitely listen to music, though. I haven't <laughs> been to the gym in, like, years, but definitely so, music for me. So those are things that we like to do on breaks, but, like, how do you... You, are you so going you, the same place I was going to ask? Maybe. Like, I mean, like, how do you know when to take a break? And you were yeah. going to say, I mean, or you said earlier that, like, some people kind of know, might know their limit or know when they should <clears throat> take a break, like, naturally. Um, I feel like I'm really bad at that. Like if, if I'm left up to my own devices, I'll just always want to be on a break. Like, I don't know. I feel like I'm always yeah. thinking like, man, you need to stop for a sec. Um, and I, I think I've talked to you in the past and maybe we should at least mention it. Like Pomodoros, what are your thoughts on a Pomodoro? And I'll, I'll just say what it is like a Pomodoro. I think it stands for like tomato or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. but it's like, the idea is that you work for 25 minutes and then you take a five minute break and then you work for 25 minutes and you take a five minute break. Like, what do you think about that strategy? Like positives, negatives, or would you use it? If not, why not? So 
Pomodoro is named after, I had to re-look it up. Pomodoro is the Italian word for tomato. Okay. And it's named after those, uh, so you know the tomato-shaped kitchen timers? Yes. Um, so that's what is, the Pomodoro technique is named after that. Okay. Um, that explains so I, I just the had tomato to look that up it. because I, I, I wonder too, like, why is it associated with a tomato? Yeah. So it's like, the timer. Yeah, it's because it's based on those kitchen timers. Um, and I had I knew that I knew that, but I had to look it up. <laughs> um, I have tried Pomodoro in the past, but it does not work for me. Uh, and that is because the breaks are too frequent for me. Um, okay. Frequent and short breaks don't work for me specifically. I know they work for a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. But for me, I actually prefer a longer consecutive break, um, like longer work. Like, for example, I had I mean, I took an unexpected day off on Tuesday this week. Yesterday, I had a day off. Yesterday was Wednesday. Today is Thursday. I worked today. I took Tuesday and Wednesday off. Um, and I got I told you I got a lot done today. I am actually expecting to work more today. Because I feel better working longer hours and then taking longer consecutive breaks. So, I mean, I also am that person who saves up her PTO. Um, what Back when I had, actually, now we have 20 days of PTO. So I'm actually unintentionally saving it up for the end of the year for what holiday season we're going to get with the Delta variant. Um but I am that person that saves up my PTO for the three week vacation or the two week vacation um, or like a specific amount of time, a specific time of the year where I'm taking vacations more frequently, if that makes sense. Yeah. So you're, you're getting at kind of the point is like, you'd, you'd rather sort of like bank break time, whether it be yeah. like a, a, PTO kind of break or just a break during the day, like you'd rather bank it up and kind of take it at once and get a more significant kind of rest period. Yeah. Like I'd rather do like, what is it? I'd rather do four 10 hour days than like five, eight hour days or six. What's the six i can't do math right now that's a thing you can work six what would be well so i used to work at a supermarket so i used to work like six or sometimes seven days a week um and i'd get time and a half for that seventh day and they used to make me do like six or seven hour days so that they could get around paying me full time which was the worst um and then the time and a half day didn't count towards the full-time pay so they'd put me on a Sunday and then make me work Monday through Friday for like six hours a day like it was like eight and a half hours on a Sunday so I'd get time and a half for Sunday Uh and then Monday through Friday I would work six hour days because they're like we can't let you go into full-time hours because Uh then we'll have to pay you full-time pay but they'd pay you time and a half for part of it yeah somebody did the math and figured out that that was less costly I have an idea for Pomodoros that I think 
maybe could be something that you might be more into. It's like a twist, a twist on the Pomodoro almost, or maybe a reversal. And the thing is like, so the, the, it sounds just to recap, like, it sounds like the reason it's not like a very viable strategy to you is like, it's too short of breaks too frequently. And so not only are you not getting to like experience a genuine break, but you also are getting distracted, like, and it's breaking up your flow. So like, if you, if you're like, oh, I I just now got into a flow and the timer went off and it's time to stop. Like that feels counterintuitive to like getting into a flow and and doing like maximally efficient work. Yeah. And it's like, if I spend that entire five minute break thinking about the work, did I really have a break? Right. Right. Exactly. Like if you're like, oh, okay, it's break time, but you're already like kind of in a bit of a flow and, and you yeah. don't want to lose it. And so you're just like, okay, what, what am I going to do next kind of stuff? Yeah. You're not really taking any kind of break. So this is um, kind of, it's kind of break oriented. So the idea for me, and I've tried this, and this actually has been really helpful for me genuinely. Um, I avoid the shit out of things I don't want to do, even in a work context. Like it could be something simple like, you know, work on some report or type up some kind of, uh, you know, uh, brief on something or whatever. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to like sit down and think through it and type it up and do all of it. And like in my head, I'm building it out to be this kind of like mountain of work that I have to do. And so I do this sort of like I'll just tell my Google home that is in my office that I'll tell it to set a 25 minute timer. And I just tell myself, you're going to work on this thing for 25 minutes. And the thing is like when the timer goes off, I don't have to stop. I just may stop at that point. So it's like, you will dedicate 25 minutes to this task. You're going to try. You'll do everything you can in 25 minutes. When the timer goes off, you can stop, you can walk away, but you don't have to. And so I find two things happen more often than not. Either A, I finish the dang task and I'm like, wow, that was a 20 minute task I thought was going to take me two hours. Okay, that I'm, I'm surprised. You know, I built it up to be more than it was in my head and I shouldn't have procrastinated for so long. So it helps there. And then the other one is sometimes the timer goes off and I'm in a groove and I'm feeling it and I'm no longer worried about procrastinating. And I'm like, yeah, I can, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to wrap this up. No problem. I'm, I'm flowing now. You know, it's good. I know what I'm doing. I overcame the, the unknown that I think is what makes me procrastinate is I'm like, I know that I have to do the task, but I don't know exactly how I'm going to do the task. And like just that anxiety about having to figure it out keeps me from even trying to start it. And so that 25 minutes is like just enough time for me to figure out for myself what my approach is, what I want to do. And then sometimes I'm like, well, now I'm in it. Like now I'm going, this is great. And I'll just tell the timer to shut up and I'll keep working. So it's not like a forced Pomodoro. It's just like a give yourself 25 minutes and try it something. And if the timer goes off and you're not feeling it, like you can walk away and that's okay. Yeah, <clears throat> that makes sense. I mm-hmm. I guess I kind of I tr- I only tried it once to be honest and I guess I was a bit more rigid with the breaks where I was like oh crap 25 minutes is up already what do I do like um because I hadn't really seen anyone explain it that to that way to me before 
Um, so I guess, yeah, that does make sense. Cause well, that's often... not like the genuine rules, by the way, yeah. like you're supposed to take the dang break, but for, <laughs> that's why I said, like, for me, it was like 25, the 25 minute timer is something that I just kind of borrowed from the Pomodoro strategy right. of like it, 25 minutes, you could do anything. I feel like for 20, you know, any kind of work task you can do for 25 minutes without burning yourself out. And yeah. sometimes you actually gain some energy by, by trying. Yeah. So speaking of things that, how do you know when you're be when you are, when you need a break, how do you know when you need a break? So for me, um, a few things, a few different things. One would be like what I was saying earlier. If I start feeling genuine anxiety, like if I'm, um, it's weird, but like sweating, sweating or shaking kind of stuff, like I will genuinely start to get anxious and recognize that I'm acting that way or that my body's acting that way. And I'm like, what, no matter what I'm doing at that moment, I'm like, you need to walk away because if you don't, then everything that we talked about earlier, like it's going to be harder for me to think I'm going to have a lack of motivation. I'm going to start making mistakes if I don't walk away right now. Like I'm less valuable by continuing to try yeah. to think about this. Um, so those sort of like physical manifestations are a big sign to me. Another one is anger. So like there are times when someone will like, you know, be like, Hey, do you mind, you know, getting this thing to me by end of day? And I'll be like, you know what? Like, why don't you just <laughs> yes, shove it? And like, if I start feeling like that, if I'm like frustrated with a person, I, I have to recognize that like, I'm not really frustrated with that person. Ge I'm genuinely frustrated with myself, like whatever I've done to put myself in a position where I'm either behind or I feel like I'm struggling to catch up. And now someone else is putting something else on my plate. And I, if my, knee jerk reaction is to be frustrated with somebody. I try to recognize that as my fault and think like I need to step away because otherwise you're going to say something stupid or be rude, you know, or just passive aggressive. It's not like I have to like tell somebody to fuck off. Like I can legit just be like, sure, whatever. Or yeah, no problem. You know, like I, you can say things and kind of be passive aggressive or short or trite. Is that the word? I don't know. Like, uh, Kurt, Kurt. Like yeah. Kurt's a better Kurt? word. I don't know what trite means. Um, but yeah, just, just being short with somebody, but obviously frustrated with them. I think Kurt is the word, by the way, that's a good sign to me that it's like time to step away and take a quick break because you're not like, you're not yeah. bringing yourself the way that you're not showing up. I think I've heard that before. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not showing up or bringing the right me to the conversation. And I don't want yeah. that. Like you're bringing negative energy and that's yeah. usually, I mean. And it's kind of a downward spiral. Yeah. It's not valuable at all. I have actually burnt out a couple times and that's like, so, okay, going back. My rule of thumb to how I know I need a break is either the length, the length of time I originally promised to work for a specific period of time, like for in a specific day or week. So I promised my company five days a week, eight hours a day, mm -hmm. 40 hours a week, whatever. So my limit is either that or if my body tells me it's time to stop. And when you say when your body tells you like what? So it's like what you were saying with your anxiety before okay. with the shaking, the sweating. But for me, it manifests in headaches, um, 
okay. feeling physically tired, um, chest pains. Really? Uh, yes. I actually That's get minor chest pains. Scary. Um, and I actually, uh, I have a major scar on my body where, um, that actually starts to hurt. Um, when I get too anxious, it actually starts to bother me. Um, what it's like a, yeah the scar is like a mark it's like a harry potter thing <laughs> like it warns you when you're in danger no it's not really like that but uh, <laughs> it's it's my body telling me you're tired step back take a break um and that's when i'm like dude guys i need to go take a nap or something because i seriously need like especially the most common symptom for me is the headaches so if I, and I have specifically blue light blocking glasses that are built into my prescription um, to block the light from the screen, the monitor during the day. So I, Oh, that's I cool. Can, Your glasses have like blue light blocking stuff yeah. in them too. Just, yeah. Oh, I've actually awesome. had this for years where um, like years ago when I started wearing glasses, they were like, does she spend a lot of time on the computer? And this was when I was a kid, so of course my mom was answering for me. Um, they were like, yeah, let's include the the clear, let's include the, the special coating for monitors. And my glasses have had them since then. Um, but even that prevents me from, like, even that, even with that, I can't spend more than a certain amount of time looking at the monitor. My eyes still get tired and my head still starts to hurt. So I have like, um, I have all of these things built into my machine. Like I have the setting turned on on my Mac to change the hue of my screen at a certain time of the day mm -hmm. when the sun goes down. Um, but that's also how I know I've been sitting at the computer for too long. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, that's my rule of thumb. The amount of time I promised or my body starts telling me to stop, whichever comes first. So you'll, you'll kind of like recognize like, okay, I'm at like 43 yeah. hours this week. It's time to call it like, yeah, you know, or like I'm at 37 hours and my head is killing me. I have to go lay down mm -hmm. and. Honestly, if you don't like taking medication, a cold compress on your forehead feels great when you have a, a headache. Really? Yeah. That's something I could try. I'm fortunate enough not to have ever had like a migraine, like that that kind of headache. I've heard horror stories about how bad they can be. That's how I know I've never had one because it's yeah. never been like that for me. I have had headaches and I have, I was telling you earlier, like I've experienced brain fog and I mm -hmm. freaking hate it. Like it's a, it's ex if you haven't had it, it's exactly what it sounds like. Like it's like a literal fog mm -hmm. in your thinking and your brain, like almost in your vision. You know, like it just feels like kind of blurry. And the closest thing that I could relate it to, which it's going to sound silly, is like after you've been in like a swimming pool with your eyes open for too long and you come out and it just feels kind of like your eyes burn a little bit and everything's like a little bit blurry. And then you just also do that to your brain. It's just the worst kind of feeling for me because I like being sharp. Like I like being on point and, um, you know, 
like reactive and clever and quick in a conversation. And if I'm thinking kind of slowly and there are different things that can make you feel that way. Like it, it can feel like a hangover, like, and it could be a hangover or like, it could be bad diet or it could be like switching up some kind of routine, not exercising the way that you were used to like any kind of like genuine change in your like diet or habits or just substance intake, vitamin intake, anything like that can cause like a temporary period of brain fog for several days. And that feeling is like devastating to me. Um, and I think that that can also genuinely be caused by burnout. Like you can reach a yeah. point where you've been working so much that you, it just starts to get cloudy and foggy and you can't think the way that you were thinking earlier in the week. Yeah. And honestly, when somebody starts to feel like that, I mean, you could guess that it's vitamin deficiency. You could guess it's a change. I mean, you would know if it's a change in diet, but mm -hmm. um, I personally was diagnosed with a vitamin deficiency, but I only found that out by going to the doctor. Mm. Um, and honestly, because we're not doctors, I would have to advise that anybody who starts to feel like that should probably like their first step should be calling their doctor. Like if they start yeah. to feel burnt out or they start to feel in such a way where they can't accomplish as much work as they used to, mm -hmm. like if the migrates, if the migraines are more frequent or the stress headaches, which is more so, I more so get stress headaches, um, which are right here. <laughs> they, they show up right, between right in between eyes. my, yeah, right in between my eyes. And that's where the cold compress comes in. Um, right on the forehead it, where there are like major blood vessels that run right down through your eyebrows that you can actually feel if you put your fingers on I'm doing it. Yeah. You can actually start to feel, uh, the blood vessels throbbing or you can feel, yeah, you can feel the blood pumping through them. So right there, I'm not sure what it does, but I think it like in a way it cools off the area. Mm -hmm. And it, it, um, it, it like soothes the pain away. It's, it's a little like it, it only works for headaches that show up. The cold compress only works for headaches that show up here. But if you're so having like headaches all over your head, you mm -hmm. might need to hydrate. Um, but that's also like something you should talk to the doctor about. Especially if it's like chronic. Right. Yeah, if it's, if it's that's chronic, if definitely you have like go a, to the doctor. a bad day or whatever, you know, maybe you can tough it out. But if you, yeah, if it's like continuous, like don't just sit there and think that it's it's you or your habits necessarily. Like yeah. maybe there's something genuinely wrong that you should figure out. Yeah, that could be helped. You know? Definitely don't want to be turning people into hypochondriacs. If no, it's, <laughs> if it's chronic, yeah, go just to the Google it. If, just if Google it, a, figure out what it is. Yeah, if if it's a one-time thing. <laughs> sure maybe wait it out but if it's chronic definitely go to the doctor yeah i i think cold compress works like like an ice pack would right so like it yeah. probably reduces inflammation like if you're feeling stressed it might be like increased blood flow around the face area and it's yeah, just probably. like oh uh, you got inflammation up there it's pushing on your sinuses on your eyes all that yeah. stuff and, like, and what sucks about an ice pack that. If, if you try to use an ice pack there you'll cause yourself brain freeze no way. You can actually probably. get brain freeze by getting cold right there. Probably. I mean, I thought it might happen. I haven't tried an ice pack because I'm afraid of getting brain freeze when I already have a headache. Oh my God. 
I mean, cause I, I only ever get brain freeze, like, you know, through the mouth or whatever, but I never thought of that. Like, I wonder if you can, well, I'm not know. doing it. I'm not. Yeah. I'd rather not risk it. Thing. It feels like it's risky. Like possibly, I don't know. I got Sounds an like a bad idea. On my, when I, after, a um, I, I tweaked, I tweaked my, my bad knee, um, well, these old bones and I, I put, um, I put, I had an ice pack on my knee and, uh, I didn't use like a cloth or whatever. And mm. I, I ended up getting like a pretty nasty, like kind of frost burn on my, it, it's like a real burn. It, it's like red, like you burned frost it bite. on a pan or, yeah, it's like, yeah. Not, I, I feel like frost bite is, I mean, like frost nibble, you know, it wasn't that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have like dead skin peeling off or anything like that, but it was like, it was like a little burn. It was pretty, it was pretty gnarly and it felt yeah. like a burn and it hurt like a burn. And so you gotta be, you gotta be careful of that. But yeah. Okay. So we talked about, we talked about things we can do when we take a break. We talked about how to recognize when you need a break. And I'm sure there are different things that people that aren't you or I probably experience. But I think the the takeaway there is like, if you know what, what signs your body shows, um, listen when you're tired. Yeah. Yeah. Like listen to those signs and, and don't try relentlessly to push through it every single time. And if your employer doesn't let you take a break, you need a new employer. Yeah, exactly. Right. No employer is worth killing yourself over. Oh Um, yeah. People, people have died from overworking themselves. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've, like I'd have to look up the specific articles, but I've read articles where people specifically died by mm-hmm. working too much and they found them dead at their computers. It's awful. That's, that's absolutely horrible. And, and not necessarily, um, it doesn't have to be like a, um, an acute moment either, you know, things can add up, um, mm-hmm. you know, like blood pressure can rise and you can, have things like a heart attack or a stroke from Mm -hmm. increased stress for a long period of time. Um, so the, I think the last thing I wanted to bring up was just, we talked a lot about like ourselves or, or how to recognize things for yourself and what to do for yourself. But what about for other people like that you work with? Um, maybe like how to not just recognize, cause that may be difficult. Um, there might be some signs like maybe the opposite of what I said. Like if I'm being angry with someone, maybe, maybe if someone's being uncharacteristically mean toward you or, you know, short with you or, or just not themselves, um, depending on your level of psychological safety with them, like it, it might change the way that you say it, but like maybe ask them like if they're okay or if they'd feel better if they maybe took a break or maybe dial back. Like if maybe you can recognize if you were placing undue pressure on them or something and say like, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, you know, kind of do that. Like maybe, maybe like take, take, take a few, take any time that you might need or something and let's follow up on this. You know, if, if you're feeling a little better, um, I think that that, that can go a really long way with your coworkers is like treating them like a human and recognizing when they might need a minute. Yeah, absolutely. Taking care of your teammates is probably, it's one of the things I aspire to be the best at, (laughs) or one of the best things I'm at at my job where I'm like, or at least when I was a manager, it was like the most important thing to me to be there for 
my direct reports when they were having a bad day or somebody needed to put their dog down or somebody had a death in the family or somebody's just frustrated with something at work and they Mm -hmm. need to take a day off. It's like, it's perfectly okay to take a mental health day or if God for if universe forbid a family member died, um, you take bereavement time and we wouldn't give you shit about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think anyone has ever given me shit about taking bereavement time. Although I've had people not know what bereavement time was and they still ask me questions as if nothing happened and hounded me. Um, so I, I mean, so bereavement time I think is just as important as PTO. Um, when, when, what's the, what's the thing that Jewish folks do when someone dies? They sit Shiva. I don't know. Um, let me look it up really quick. Yeah. Sitting Shiva is something that they do after a family member dies and they cannot work or, um, you can't leave the house except to go to synagogue. Um, even during the week, um, you can't shave or get a haircut. You can't bathe other than just for basic hygiene. Uh, you can't use makeup. Um, these might be really real. These might not be rules that everyone follows, but like, it's, it's like putting your life on pause for the amount of time. <clears throat> like, like a dedicated grieving activity it's, almost. Exactly. It's a dedicated grieving time mm-hmm. for you to mentally and physically heal. Um, although I'm, I'm certain nobody mentally or physically heals within a week from a death of a loved one. But um, usually it's seven days after the burial of the person. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always really admired that particular dedication to like taking care of yourself after something traumatic, like losing somebody you love. Um, <clears throat> and honestly, we've all been experiencing this collective grief over the last year and a half with COVID and stuff, like even if you didn't lose a family member, this has still been a time for all of us, unfortunately, to sacrifice, like those of us who have been inside um, for the last, I'm not going to compare like us having to sacrifice our social lives for um, losing a loved one, loved one, but there is like a slight collective grief there of us mm-hmm. not being able to go outside and enjoy our lives the way that we used to. Um, but that takes a toll on us. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I think you're t- just like grief for, for normalcy. Like it feels like nothing's the same. And, and obviously the longer it goes on, the less confidence, at least I have that it'll ever feel like the same again. Like, am I going to look back? I'm going to be like 50 years old and look back on 2020 as when it all changed, you know, like mm-hmm. that's when life was never the same again, kind of thing like that. Yeah. It's sad. It's, it's sad to think about. And like you said, it's one thing that can kind of all relate to like, 
we're all experiencing mm-hmm. it in some way. And and sorry, keep going. Oh, no, you're good. I I was just gonna say that um, the dedicated grieving time makes a lot of sense to me, and I think that like bereavement time is crucial. And I don't want somebody to come into work and try to pretend to be focused on work because you're not like grieving is a very like active kind of thing. Like it takes a lot of energy to even sit still, you know, and grieve. And Mm -hmm. I don't think that you can bring yourself back to work immediately, you know, in that way. And I, and I agree that a week isn't like you're back to a hundred percent you feel fine and not worried about it anymore. But I do think that even just a few days can help a ton with the like hyper acute pain of a, a tragic loss that is close to you. Um, yeah. So it's crucial. And and no, you can't be a jerk to somebody for taking that time. Yeah, no, I agree that a few days off is definitely a help. Um, And yeah, you're totally right about like not being mentally entirely there after something traumatic, like losing a loved one. Um, But I also wanted to bring back the the brain fog that you mentioned Mm -hmm. Um, not only is COVID specifically causing brain fog in certain folks, but like because of the stress that all of the, us have been under over the last year and a half, like a lot more people are experiencing brain fog and like quitting their jobs without something else lined up mm-hmm. um, because they're like, I just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, and like, the grief combined with the brain fog and or the grief causing the brain fog um is like devastating for getting anything or feeling like you're being valuable at work um and there was another saying that i was reminded of i'm sorry i have a frog in my throat because my entire family has been sick for the last week um that reminds me of a a saying, did you ever hear of, um, I don't live to work. I work to live. Yeah. Where like, we shouldn't be putting so much of our self-worth and time and energy. We shouldn't be killing ourselves over our jobs. Basically what you were saying before, like our jobs should not be killing us. Um, we we need to be looking out for each other and taking care of each other having each other's backs is like one of the teams at the last job that we had together um Mm -hmm. was really really good the psychological safety on that team was excellent from what i heard Mm -hmm. um and having each other's backs was just one small piece of why they were so comfortable with each other yeah i think i think encouraging your teammates at work to take time when they need it, no matter what the reason is a great way to build strength on that team. And I know for me personally, there was one time it was, it was anxiety related and I needed a break. I think it was like two days. And I was like, I literally can't, I, I literally cannot. 
And I told everybody on my team, which was a first for me. Usually if I ever felt like I couldn't handle something mentally, I'd just, you know, bottle it up or whatever. But I felt psychologically safe with that team. And I told the team exactly what was going on and how I felt. And not only were the t- was the team as a whole understanding and telling me like, take your time, man, like do your thing. We've got it. Don't worry about us, which made me feel a lot better. But one person in particular on the team reached out to me in a sidebar and then shared a lot more about themselves and their personal experiences and gave me some tips and made me feel even more better about what I was going through and how I wasn't alone. You know, um, and some of those things are probably cliche and that's fine. They should be. It's like, it was nice to not feel alone. It was nice to not yeah. feel like I was the weak one or something, you know, or that I was weird or I couldn't handle it. And it's like sometimes sharing some things with the people around you, even at work, if you can build that psychological safety can, I guess what I'm trying to say is it can come back around. If you're, if you're good to the people around you, they will care about you. And if you have a moment where you need some help, you might be surprised at what your team can step up and accomplish, uh, you know, when you're not available. Yeah, honestly, I have a very, like, I can say that I've experienced pretty much the same thing um, where I was burning out and I told my project manager, I was like, listen, and she was an older woman than me. I mean, she was more experienced in the industry and she, she had older kids she um, she knew what I was going through. So like having somebody similar to you also provides a lot of psychological safety to me, like somebody mm-hmm. who you know has been in that situation. And she shared a lot of what she went through with me. Um, so it was a very, very similar situation. Um, and she eventually, t- uh, there was a employee benefit that she referred me to. It's a category of benefits you can find out about from your employer. I have to look up what it's called. Um, employee employment offered benefits. Oh, I can't remember what it's called. All right. So it's, it's usually part of benefits package, but it's, it's usually part of employers benefits packages where uh, if you have a number to call, you can ask them, hey, um, do you have any, like, what's my coverage on mental health? Um, Who can I go see? Like, can you recommend any mental health counselors for me to go see? Um, Like, especially if you're burning out. Um, They can, reaching out for help from those folks can definitely help you in the long term, because honestly, most people need therapy. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Most people in on earth need therapy. Oh and yeah. My cat, my cat is running around my office making noise too, because he's hungry. Um, no, I'd, yeah. I'd recommend therapy to anyone. Um, you know, Even if and you there don't... are a lot of ways, if you feel that you don't have the means for therapy, yeah. there are a lot of, there are a lot of ways that you can get someone to talk to um yeah yeah it's unfortunate how like little coverage is applied to mental health and 
how few and far between the therapists are. It's very difficult to find a therapist. Um, So it's definitely easier said than done. That's true. God, I feel like we took, we're able to go all the way from the highs and the lights and the laughs all the way Mm -hmm. down to like the depths and the, and the darkness and, when you really, really need some help. No, I think that's great. I think that's <laughs> I always because... bring the conversation down. <laughs> no, no, that's what that's what I think is so great about it. Like, it really is such a broad topic and it can be light. You can need just a minute sometimes like just mm-hmm. I ha- I'm having a bad day. I need a sec. Or there are some times when it's like genuinely for your damn health. Yeah. You, you need to take a break and maybe not just today. Maybe you need some time. Mm-hmm.